I tell you that. You guys ready for one day? <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Hey, you guys, we um, are so blessed to share a word this morning, a testimony. Yeah, in the early church, this was formative for what we did as we got together and we'd see Christ move and we're like, guys, we got to share. We got to testify to the goodness of God. And so we like do that this morning. Is that cool? Amen. Let's do it. You guys are like, huh? Yeah, amen. We're going to testify to God's goodness. But I cannot do that alone. I got to bring up my brother in Christ, um, Pastor Jonah Kauai, who's in the house. So he's going to come and. <laughs> okay, so here's what's going to happen is um, Pastor Jonah, get one. Oh, yeah, you can sit that one. That's fine. So we get these blue chairs. Is that okay? Can we sit? Oh, this is church. Am I allowed to sit on the stage, Pastor Jonah? <laughs> oh, it's coming. He's praying about it. Try. Try it. Amen. Amen. Hey, we on. <laughs> All right. So here's um, how do you testify to? This is the question we've been wrestling with. How do you testify to God's working goodness in a matter of a few days on a mission trip when there's so many different things going on, so many different stories, testimonies? God is, God's working is like an onion, yeah? So today we like try to pull back some of those layers and get at the core of what Christ is actually trying to do. So um, amen. So if you guys didn't know, we went to Molokai this last week. Real last minute, like in terms of like we put it together within a month or two. Um, Pastor Jonah and Auntie Shari have uh, a home in Kaunakakai, which they open up for us to use, which is a massive blessing. It's the open door for us to serve. And they had, Pastor Jonah was like, hey, I get one weekend in July. So I said, book us. We're coming. Uh, and the rest is history. And so he sent a small group um, to minister on the island of Molokai. And um, maybe Pastor Jonah, just share your, real quick, how God has called you and Shari there. If you could give one brief recap. Um, just what are you guys doing on Molokai? It all started in 2014 when I was invited. Uh, I think it was the last ditch, ditch effort to get somebody to speak on Molokai, and they, they got me. And so um, the blessing of all of that was this, this seed that God planted in our family in order to be there and to be part of the spiritual revival. Molokai had been an important part of uh, the spiritual climate for Hawaii forever. And, uh, and so God had put us there, and we have been ministering there on Molokai since that time. And God gave us this place. Yep. And we believe that this home that we were given was for people to come and to be able to get closer to God. I look at it as kind of the prophet's den. So when you come to, my, come to our house, you're going to have... You're going to run into love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So, so we're just blessed to have everybody come into a firm. When the, when the kids come, they affirm God's call on our lives. And uh, we're just blessed to have had all of them. And as I look at you guys, I mean, I, I, we're going to get into that, how excited I am about the future of what God has in store. Not only for them, but also for Molokai as God advances his plan there and you guys have planted awesome seed, and we're just yep. blessed that, that pastors, you guys would partner up with us and see that light that God is yep. in us in order to 
bless that island, which believe is a hub for the rest of the world. Amen. Amen. And then, and you can talk to Pastor Joan offline if you like hear more crazy stories about what God is doing on that island. And um, just to give you context, this is how I perceive Pastor Jonah's role. I see what's happening spiritually is um, that aina on Molokai has such a richness to it. Um, God gave me a word for him on this trip as on cultivator, him and Shari both. What they're doing, what they've been doing is cultivating really meaningful, intentional relationships on that island, bringing churches together, getting people saved, getting the gospel back into just everyday life in so many different ways. And so what's happening is he, over the years, he and Shari and their relationship with people and the way that God has been opening doors for them to have relationships is unbelievable, you guys. And so the way that they've been cultivating the soil gives us freedom to come and drop seed because the soil is free and it's healthy. Isn't that cool? So the, the partnership here is one beautiful partnership. You think of like the parable of the sower is we get so many... Um, there's no more distractions. There's no more rocks in the soil. There's no more thorns growing around because when we go, we can take the kids to one safe, safe place where they can encounter Jesus in a real way. Um, and that has to do with because there's cultivation happening. So we just want to bless you guys. You, you guys are amazing. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Jonah and Shari. So that being said, let's start with day one. Okay. So we jump in to this trip and I got to tell you guys this. This might not surprise you, but the, the plans for this trip were probably in concrete a day before we left, okay? So this is how these kind of trips happen sometimes. So we get there, and this is a cool story because last year, if you remember seeing the trip last year, we threw literally thousands of coconuts out of one swamp to restore this little ecosystem that has been overrun by coconuts and just junk, just debris and stuff like that. Um, and you could tell the story, but we actually weren't allowed to do that this year because we did such a good job. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. So like we, uh, I don't know, they estimated that we threw a hun hundreds of thousands of coconuts in 2019. Yeah. I mean, the mound was... We had a mountain of coconuts. We just, we had to pull them out the swamp and make a pile. Yeah. It was almost as tall as Maya. Yeah. So, right? And yeah, so, yeah, no, it was, was really, and so the the job that the... Because this area, you could not use heavy equipment, so only could do this by hand. And, yep. and they had projected that this area would take them about 20, 25 years to clean out, and we did it in half a day. Right. So, With um, like 70 And it just shocked yep. the entire community to see a place get transformed so drastically in, that, in just hours. Right. And there's so much change, people started complaining. That's really what happened. Yeah, so much change for good. Uh, it's, it's such a... You know, for the pastors, it's such a yeah. Yeah, sermon illustration. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I mean, when, you know, if people get transformed immediately by the love of Jesus Christ, people start to panic, like, what's wrong with you? It's yeah. kind of the same thing that happened to that Aina in yeah. 2019 when right. we brought in 60, 70 plus people and we transformed this place. And, yeah. and the community was just like, hey, you guys cannot do something so good so fast. Yeah. And oh, by the way, where's your permits? Right. So we couldn't get the <laughs> permits this year, which we were really counting on because it was so last minute, our efforts. We were like, okay, we, we got to do something because yep. part of our heart for Moloka'i is giving back. Like we, we, the kids know that when we go there, we're going to hana, we're going to work really, really hard, and we're going to plant seeds of blessing into the community yep. without any expectation of return. Although we know that when we're sowing or when we're giving, that yep. the return is definitely on our side. Amen. So. Amen. That's exactly right. 
And so when we, what happened was, um, Auntie Colette Mercado, you might have heard her name, she held the OHA seat, OHA seat for a long time, yeah? So 24 like, years. 24 years. And so she has been a, a, she and Uncle Myron, we actually get a picture of them under the tent. So they're the one who took us to throw coconuts last year. We asked her to come this year and, and help us. And she found us this Ohana, not that one, Jaina. So day one, that's, that's on different family. But day one, they're standing under a tent, if you can find that one. Um, so, but basically, here's the quick story. Is she found us this ohana that was friends of theirs, the Kapuni ohana. And Uncle Todd is the one, he is the, um, sort of the one in charge of malaming that the Kuliana lands has been in their family for a long time. And so he said, they get this lo'i that's just been real run down. And so there's one picture up there, too, if Jaina, you like find that one, of... Just, you could see the mess. It was just this green swamp with all kinds of trees, and it's right on the ocean, so it's kind of brackish water, and that's the one right there. This was, our, this was our task for day one. And so the job was to clean them up so that they could eventually plant taro, plant kalo inside, and turn it back into the lo'i it used to be. Yeah? So there is one spiritual... The, and the, one, let me just say this, with the kids, we told them from the get-go, you guys, this is not one like look at your physical eyes type of trip. This is look at what's happening with your spiritual eyes. So when we showed up, they were absolutely blessed to have us to the point where a couple interactions especially really defined that, that day for us. Number one was um, just tears from um, Auntie Colette, Uncle Myron when we showed up and the amount of joy they had that we would come back and do something was amazing. Um, but maybe you can tell the story about Auntie Kaui because that kind of really is what set the tone, I think, for that day. Yeah, so, so that, what you see right there, yeah. that area um, fed their family for generations. Yeah. We're talking about five generations, but that place had, had remained fallow, had been um, unkept. And uh, the way Uncle Todd told the story is, hey, we went chase money. We went go out into the world and we went chase money, yet the Aina was there to feed us. And, yeah. and they had not seen the, the, it be put back into Lo'i, into a potential to feed them for 50 plus years. And so when one of the, one of the aunties came, had Uncle Todd, he's 65 years old, and um, Auntie Zelda, who was... Sev, uh, 63, and then Kaui, I think, was just the youngest one. She came later on in the day, and um, and when she came, like they, the other two were there throughout the whole morning. And I really think they came and they thought that maybe, hey, you know, these they, here's kids, right? I mean, come on, you guys, we know you you're in your your late teens and early twenties, but you know what kind of work they really gonna do. And you see the transformation of of what happened here, and knowing that the wells that had been had been supplying the fresh water and in, into this place had been covered and overrun by detritus from the trees and all of this stuff that had fallen into the water. And to see the life that came immediately, I mean, the, the dragonflies started to come. You see the little fish starting to swim, the water coming clear. And, and so this place that had remained um, in one very disheveled state, I mean, we had rotten kind of stuff in the water, stinky, smelly water, and, and here comes Auntie, you know, like, like and, and, you know, she's very hardened in, in herself, but when she came around the back of the house and she saw, and she was with her, like, seven-year-old granddaughter, 
and she just started to weep because she hadn't seen it in that state yeah. for since she was the same age as her granddaughter, probably 55 plus years or more yeah. that she hadn't seen that. And, and her witness unto all of us while she was that while we were all having lunch, I mean, she wept in front of the kids. And if you know this, this Wahine, she's a very, she's a, a mana Wahine. She's a very tough. And, and to see her, to, sh to share that kind of love and, and thankfulness and gratefulness um, was just a miraculous event, you guys. If, if you know, like from my standpoint and, and the context that I have on island dealing with a lot of these uh, uh, Manawahine, and she's one of them that I love. I mean, we love her. And, and, and so because of the effort that our Ohana took and, and the blessing that we planted and the transformation, the obvious transformation that their efforts and really the love that they put into that place just gave hope, just yeah. bread, hope, yeah. bread, bread, um, restoration. Hawaiians, we call that ho'ola. And uh, was just a massive yeah. transformation unreal in, in in not only the aina but the, also the people who were who were called to care for this place to malama right. and so when you look at the task that was ahead of them you're talking about 10 15 years and uncle is 65 are you gonna get to pull that off yeah. and so when he saw the efforts of what all of all of you did yeah. and how you blessed him and what happened it's like it, 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 was, it was a salvation. It was a whole Ola yeah. salvation moment Yeah, where the, the Jesus whole, showed. Ah, amen. Oh, amen. we got to give amen. glory to. Oh, yeah. So Pastor Jonah said it like super eloquently. The amount of hope that radiated just in that land, that piece of Aina, was unreal. Like it was tangible when we left. Because we came and then, like he said, the expectation was, ah, these kids, throw in some shovels, see what happens. And he get one excavator over there too, yeah, one big machine. So I was like, uncle, I can drive them. I can rip so much stuff out of this pond, like all these old dead trees. And he's like, oh, yeah, she go. I'm like, okay, then. So what happened was we were doing so much. We had tons of hands in the low E, like clearing out junk. Then we had, and, and sorry, by the way, you'll see the video next week. It wasn't ready this week, but you'll see all this next week in, in video form. Um, but we, the boys, especially the men, I think we get one picture, Jaina, the men, these young men, strapping young men, just carrying logs we cut up, you guys, 12 full-size, I'm talking about 60, 70-foot coconut trees that had fallen into the pond. We chained them with the machine, ripped them out, chainsawed them into chunks, and the boys are just hauling these logs and stacking them. So we cleared out. And, and exactly like Pastor Jonah said, there's something spiritual that happens when you pull junk out of this clogged well. Yeah, the fresh water had been clogged, and you start pulling stuff out, and you see fresh water start flowing back in. Yeah, this is something that was, there was more than just meets the eye with what was happening. And, and he didn't mention, too, this is important. When Auntie Kaui in that Manawahine, when she drove in, she gave us plenty of a stink eye because she's like, what's everybody doing on my property kind? And so when she turned the bend, there was one, like, heart transformation for her when she's seen that low. And that's the whole thing is love breaks down those kind barriers, yeah? And so we didn't need to say nothing. We didn't do nothing. We just kind of there. Let's just be here and, and love them by loving the land. And that heva kind stuff that was lingering because they just let that, that low go to waste, to see it restored was just like, oh, it was a release for them. That's what Pastor John said. It was on salvation kind of moment. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So, so beautiful. So anyway, the kids worked so hard, <laughs> and they had so many, like, testimonies from that day. Um, I actually want to bring up Melinda because she had a really powerful testimony from this time. So can you guys put your hands together and welcome Melinda as she comes to share with us? Take the hot seat. You guys get to sit right in the middle. <laughs> okay. How are you doing? Good. 
thank Good. you. Yeah. So why don't you share the, your kind of personal testimony from that day? Yeah, sure. Um, so before this trip, I had wanted to strengthen my relationship with God by being able to communicate with him better. So I think this day really set the tone for the rest of the trip and my own uh, faith with him. So when we were clearing out the lily, I was in the mud and everything, and it was actually, I think it was the best job there because it's the most fun. But when we were clearing out the lo'i, I feel like there's a spiritual change happening in myself as well. It was like I was clearing out the gunk, the blockage in my own, my own heart and my own mind. So by doing that, I was able to take Auntie Messina's advice and just talk to him. That, that mental blockage that was there was cleared out during that day, the physical and the spiritual, being able to do that. So now I, it's, it's still a work in progress, but I'm able to communicate with God a lot more and have a real relationship with him. Amen. Wow. Stay, stay there, Melinda. <laughs> yeah, you have to st yep, stay here. Here's a verse for that, Hosea uh, 10, 12. Sow to yourselves in righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and, the rain, and rain righteousness upon you. Amen. So... For many of us, right, you guys, we was breaking up the fallow ground of the kukai stuff in our lives as we were in the process of that. So yeah. that's a word to affirm you. Amen. Yep, Amen. that's right. And, and there's two visuals. There's the visual with the front where the lo'i is. The fresh water came from the back, and there's a handful of these. The men were back there. You couldn't really see them. But when we left, they literally cleared a trench, probably like three foot deep. And it's just this junk mud that's been clogging it. And you can see the water from the well start actually flowing back into the lo'i. Yep. And so this is like the visual representation that we said it's a work in progress. When we clear the gunk, the water is coming. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep, it's going to sure. make its way. I love it. Can you give you guys one more round of applause for Melinda? Thank you for sharing. So yeah, hey, we were the kind. Oh, and Melinda, she, she you'd put out in the lo'i. Like <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, hey, who's yeah. gonna come hang out with Uncle? Cause my dad always taught me, look for the hardest work, cause you always gonna feel like you get the. So to me, dirty, stink, and muddy, yep. and up to our almost some of us. I think Melinda might have been up to her waist in that yep. stinky water, and yep. and everything would tell you, don't go in there. That's the last place you go. Yep. I mean, but everybody had assignment. But I just wanted to let you know that Melinda and and the Aguiar kids and oh, yeah. uh, the ladies was, was myself and Tanner and, and Tate was there and, yep. and was, uh, was unreal. You guys had bust some guys, good okole in yeah, there. Yeah, you and, did, yep. And we threw some coconuts again, yep. man. We had a coconut <laughs> killing crew. Okay. Amen, amen. You, it was so fun. That day was amazing. So yeah, it was. we went from there and I like to show you the fruit, literally, the fruit of that day. Um, so Uncle Todd had us an orchard, basically. And there, this is the whole, you guys, this is, I just remembered this. The, the mo'olelo of the aina that they're on was that they planted these trees like seven generations ago with the hope that these, these trees will sustain generations and generations of the ohana on that property. And so this was like one connectivity point for us because we're like, as on trip, this is what we're doing too, is like we're investing in the next generation of our church so that they can invest in the next generation that comes after them. And there's this like generational ministry happening and, and he gave us so much just ono fruit. Meshach was climbing every tree he possibly had to make sure that all of our team was well fed. And it was amazing. And the guy, this is the fruit, you guys, of love, is the generosity outpouring of his spirit. He couldn't stop giving us. He's like, you guys want this? Oh, can you guys have this? He blessed Jonah and the family with one pa'iai board that's been in the generation, 
been like three generations. His grandfather made it out of one fat mango log that grew on that property, been sitting in the ocean for two years, ready for use. And he just, he just wanted to give. He's just like, right, you guys take this, fix it up, bless it, feed people with it. Um, just that kind, you guys, that kind of love is just not normal. You know what I mean? <laughs> and especially we're talking again about Moloka'i, an island where people are, tend to be protective because of the history and stuff there. You're getting open hearts and giving hearts. It's just beautiful. So anyway, if you like more stories, we'll talk some more story about that day, but we got to go with day two. You guys ready for day two? <laughs> so day two, we woke up, and um, first thing we did was we went to Kaunokakai, or sorry, not Kaunokakai, to Kalaupapa, to the lookout. And this was something that was on my heart because I wanted to kind of share that this is part of the mo'olelo of the whole island and talk, do kind of want a small devotion up as we look down on Kalaupapa. And so there's some pictures there too. When we showed up, it was so hazy you couldn't even see it. And so this is like, and this is again, pay attention with your spiritual eyes, this kind of stuff that's happening. We show up, you cannot see it at all. And me and Jonah had this discussion because we're trying to figure out the place of Kalaupapa. For many people, it is the story of Molokai, is the leper colony. But for many people, like, no, that was, came after. Molokai was on fertile land that fed, if not millions of people at one point in history. God did miraculous things on that island. And then that was actually kind of a blemish in the history. And so anyway, it's just kind of understanding where we are. But when we get there, we talk about, Jonah, this is the thing, and this is not, this is a bigger conversation. We're talking about, you know, Father Damien, when he started this leper, taking care of the lepers. What does it mean to have compassion if that compassion isn't turning into salvations? Yeah, it's an important question. So is compassion in vain if there's no people coming to know Christ in the midst of your compassion? So it's a, that's something to chew on, right? This is what we've been chewing on. And what's the value of that? And in that moment, we were talking about that. I was like, brah, Pastor Rick sent me, my kupuna served in Kalaupapa in the 40s. And he's like, he sent me some letters uh, a while ago, and I haven't read through them all. So I started busting them out, and it was so cool watching my grandma, my great-grandma, go down to Kalaupapa. And the, one of the first things she said when she landed down there was, the gospel is not being preached down here. <laughs> we need yeah. to change that. So Isn't that amazing? And so, and then all of, I was reading her letters. I was like, brah, Pastor Jonah, people were getting saved because they were sitting bedside. And as soon as the Protestants started making a movement into Kalaupapa, they cared about salvation. They cared about seeing people's souls be saved, not just their bodies healed. Yeah. And so there was this, and as we were teaching this, like we're telling the kids all this revelation me and Pastor Jonah having, literally clouds started moving off the peninsula so we could see them. (laughs) No, for real. Like this is real life. And we're all like, the kids were noticing like, oh, Pastor Mike, I can see them now. And then we'd pray, and it'd be a little bit more clear, and oh, it was just unreal. So th- we had this beautiful time where we left that place, and we're like, eh, there is nothing more important than to see that, that none shall perish, and all should be walk into repentance so they can walk forever into Jesus Christ. Amen? This is it. And so we can say, oh, Father Damien, how amazing all these things, but until we know that there is fruit of salvation, these things are, are in a sense, meaningless. And so we wanted to kind of encourage the kids. When we go Manoloa and work with the kids... This is what we want to keep in mind. So we moved on to Mauna Loa. Anything you'd like to add to Kalaupapa? Real quick. Got to give Jonah windows. Yeah, yeah no, I'm yeah. getting some revelation right now. Oh. Um, because when we landed on the, when we parked in the, when we parked in the parking lot, just it hit me right now, this memory, that one Shama, you know the Shama thrush? Yeah. And Shama is obedience, yeah, in, in, in Hebrew. Hebrew yeah. I, I don't know, it's Sivan, right? Something like that, Shama. 
right, and, and sort of thrush. And then my, 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 my hoailona is the red cardinal. It's so funny, brother, that I get one uh, red cardinal is my hoailona. That's, that's God's sign. Whenever I see either a black moth, which I saw two before service, and one red yeah. cardinal this morning as I'm doing my daily thing. And so the shama landed right on the pathway as we were walking down. Wow. And so wow. it was like, I, I just looked at that, and now I'm thinking about it as the blessing that God had intended because we were obedient yep. Amen. Uh, in the midst of trying to get this thing to work. And right. so I just, it just popped on me as we so, were. Wow. Yeah. That's beautiful. Amen. Yeah. And those kind things, like, yes, the trip was full of those type. If you didn't have eyes to see it, you would miss it. Yeah. But it's all kind of God speaking in those kind of ways. That's so good. Yeah, and so we went, go to Monoloa, and quick history, if you guys don't remember this trip, this is where our kids pour into these youth up in a town that was, that was a booming town when Molokai Ranch was up there, uh, but since Molokai Ranch left, it became almost a ghost town. It's more affordable, so a lot of people with, with affordable housing live up there, but there's no economy. The, the, literally, the old stores are boarded up. The old theater is boarded up, and so you walk into the place being like, where's the life in this town? They get parks, but nobody really use them, and so our job is just, we feel... Go door to door, and it's, I mean, the, the whole thing is like maybe the size of a kahi loop, yeah? Like something like that. So it's manageable to hit lots of houses, knock on doors in a friendly aisle, yeah? So everybody come, hey, how's it? So we could talk story with people, invite their kids to come party with us. And so we, we, this is the kids going door to door, and this is one step of faith. I see in like Tanner and Melinda were so brave. Um, the Aguiars were classically focused on it. You guys were amazing. So, and so many of you guys, Shadrach and Meshach, I heard, did a super good job of just being ag aggressive. Be, be aggressive. Knock on doors. No pamphlets given. Just can we pray for you and can we love your kids today? Send them to the park. We're going to play sports. And so this is what we spent most of our day doing is stepping out that way. And um, again, we'll have more video next week, but there's another picture of us sitting in one circle. And so we played sports all day with these kids and made relationships, know plenty of their names. And this picture right here was awesome because we kind of hooied up at the end, and I gave Boyd De La Vega like an hour notice. I'm like, hey, you like, tell your testimony to these kids. And he was amazing for Boyd. He couldn't land the plane. He kept going in circles. But <laughs> Matthias would step in. He's like, Matthias, I love it, bro. Matthias came to me, and he's like, hey, can I help him finish? I'm like, yeah, guaranteed. Just go. And, but it was so good because the kids, even though everything seemed a little hung, like herky-jerky, like the way that it was being presented, the gospel was preached, and seeds were planted, and they received it. These kids were like, yep, amen. And um, you know, it was that one kid. The one kid was, what, I think Matthias asked something like, uh, do you care about being with Jesus? He's like, no, I don't care. And he's like, well, you will one day. You just hold on to that or something like that. Just totally the kind, bro. Just ripping into him. So it's, bro, and it was, it, was a, it was a beautiful day of this. And, and I just say this too. Boyd's not here. He did an amazing job. There are kids running around the circles. There's dogs barking. There's all kinds of distractions. It's dark. Nobody can see him. And he's just going for it. He's just like telling his story about faith. He's talking about ex-relationships. And I'm like, bro, these are like 10-year-olds. It's okay. But he's just going all over the place. But at the end, he's like, this is what's important is, God loves you, and he's here for you. Don't leave his side. And they got that. They received it. So anyway, one beautiful day at, um, at Mauna Loa. So um, any, any thoughts on that one? Well, we, we have missionaries that live up in that community, right. Vai and Omi, uh, Seomalo. Yeah. And uh, good friends of mine, I'm blessed to have these. Uh, and they, they, they interact with these children on a yeah. weekly basis. That This is their ministry. And um, because of COVID, really shut down the interaction. 
of having the community come together. So this was the first time that all of the kids had been able to come together. And we had burgers and hot dogs and music and sports. And so all of these kids were being blessed and they were able to run around and be kids and without, you know, with, with us being there and, and Uncle Vi and Auntie Omi. It was really awesome to watch each and every one give honor to them. And, uh, as, and, and so we were just there to advance the the ministry that Omi and, and Vi have been doing for 20-something years living on, in that community. And so, yeah. so every year when we come back, obviously, we get this love for these kids. And, yeah. these, and we're getting to see a lot of, in these last four years, we got to see, you know, we, what's his name? Ashton. Ashton yeah. Riding around on that little mobile thingy with his blower and cutting the grass. Yep. And, and yeah. he's an entrepreneur now. Yeah. And just amazing to see these kids growing up. And, and every single one of those kids is, hey, when you coming back? When yeah. you coming every back? Time. Yep. And, uh, and that's one that's on community where it's hard-pressed, you guys. Get um, high levels of incest. Get mm -hmm. drugs in the family and all kinds of really as, as bad as you can think it can be for kids. That was one break for them. Having them escape their family doors. And that's the significance of that moment of us being able to bring one light and at least give them hope and, yeah. and, and for that community to receive our kids walking door to door. They, they were bringing the light, you guys. They were walking. They were bringing life and light yeah. into a place that, that get pastors who live in that community that don't have that opportunity to minister and have the freedom that these teens and 20-something-year-olds have every year when they come. So it is significant. It's not just one pass-through. This is one transformational event that, that these men and women planted good seed, and the community is so awesome. They just received them, and that's what I think was the blessing of that day, and to be able to breathe life into these children and give them hope that, that they too can have a better life one yeah. day. And if they hold on to Jesus Christ, and Amen. so that's, that was Hallelujah. massive. And for, yep. for these individuals to be able to translate that in real life is the miraculous thing that happened for them oh, yeah. up there. Unreal. Amen to that. That's so beautiful. And then the, I remember here too, Uncle Vi, so they keep an open house. So whenever kids are going through hard time, you know, it's, I think you said it well on the trip. These kids are, would rather be outside than inside some, most of the time. So they're just roaming the streets because inside is where trouble happens. And so these kids would just, can just come down to Uncle Vi's house and always find home, always find food, all that kind of stuff. But when we came, the relief on his shoulders is like, oh, I'm so, like, we needed this. He knew as a community, he, we, they needed to have one together moment because of COVID, his things have been really hard. Um, drought, it's been hot, water stuff, all that kind of stuff was going on. And so to see us come in and just be able to, in, for us, it's just kind of like, oh, let's go cruise with the kids. Let's play sports with them. But the amount of pressure that you take off of those who are serving there every day is a huge blessing. So you guys are awesome. That yeah, was a yep. major reset for them. Yep, right. It was, was awesome. They, they were just flying high after that, so. Right. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. And the amount of love that this, this group right here, you guys, this 20 people is representative of just 
we're, long story short, we're so impressed with every single man and woman on that trip because they, the amount of courage they showed to step out in faith, the amount of intentional love they showed. Some of those kids don't know how to receive love because they don't get it. Yeah, it's amazing and when you watch them. You yeah. watch them, yeah, yeah. And you guys are persistent with the kids who would push, you, push away because they didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> They're like, what is this love? Oh, yeah. I don't understand this language. Yeah, yeah. You, you watch the kids. They, oh, yeah. they had it, broke through that trust barrier. Yep. Right. Know that, hey, exactly. what you doing up here in my neighborhood kind attitude but yep. in the end was like will you guys come back will yep. you come back like never have any intention of taking amen. anything but just giving that's it yep. it's beautiful amen yep. so good so we're actually going to invite Bo brought Bo to come and share some of his wisdom uh, can you give a round of applause as Bo came now this is important Bo came within Bo came with like a week's notice so we had a, a plane ticket open up, and I found it was non-refundable. So I was just like, oh. Called around, couple people, iffy. Bo was like right on the dot. He's like, I'm coming. So we're like, yes, yeah. so glad, so, so stoked. Oh, Thanks for was, being on the that trip. That was wild. That was wild. So yeah, I get this call from Mark, and he's just like, hey, we're going to Molokai. You want to come? And again, it was like three days before, yeah. and I was thinking, oh, this is, this is some heavy stuff. Let me pray about it. Let me think about it. And um, what he doesn't know is that I was secretly praying about it, like, God, that'd be cool to go on that Molokai trip, because back in 2019, I got to go again, yeah, and right. it, was a big, it was a big group, yeah. but it was so fruitful and so encouraging just for my own personal spiritual growth, so that was awesome to experience. So I was secretly like, God, make a way for me to go, you know, yeah. and lo and behold, you know, I, you yeah, I get a call from Mark, hey, it's paid for, you want to go? And I'm yeah. just like, well, I... Hard to say no to that. Right. So, yeah, so we went, and um, the day that we were at Mauna Loa, you know, we had that devotional at the Overlook, and then we go early on in the morning and just go door to door. And if you've never done that before, it's a little daunting. It's a little nerving, especially in an area that's just has a dark yeah. presence over it. It's not a place that you want to just hang out and have fun with. That's yeah. not what it strikes me about. So there's a, there's a definitely a dark oppression over that area and so we're coming and there's you know dogs barking at us to go to the houses some of the houses look like they haven't been touched for years mm -hmm. and you know i had a small group of kids with me and um you know they would go door and they'd be kind of you know really hesitant at first and then as the day progressed they would just be like okay i'm tackling this one i'm going for it so i got to give them a hand for it i mean talk about bold and courageous men and women of god <laughs> Like, seriously, I was super impressed. You know, I've been with a couple other youth groups on the mainland, and, um, man, just an extraordinary group of men and women. That's awesome to see, awesome to participate in. And so we go door to door, and we just invite people. And you'd expect, you know, maybe to be shunned away, but they were so open to receive, you know. And so we were there for you know, an hour or so, and towards the end, you know, the kids were like, oh, these are the same guys from New Hope Kailua. Their hearts were starting to stir. They were starting to get excited. They were chasing us all the way down back to the vans. And so we were coming back at like 4 or 5 p.m. That's what we told them. And then we came back, and they were already there. And there was one kid, and how old do you think he was? Maybe 10, the one that was uh, weed-eating? Yeah, he was so young, and he's got his wagon, he's got his tools, he's got his weed, weed eater blower, and he had prepped the place for our arrival. That was really cool to yeah. see. Real. I've never seen anybody that young take such initiative and be so excited for us. And there was already 
a big group of kids there, and then more came and more came, and we just we just loved on them. We just shared the love of Jesus, and it was like we were just striking a lightning bolt, you know, in their neighborhood, in their heart, and, you know, there'd be other parents. They'd be kind of cruising by real slow, park across the street, checking us out. What are these guys doing? You know, what's the deal? What do they want? You know, and all we wanted was to love them, and they received that, and it was really awesome to see. So, yeah. How, how many kids do you think we had up there? Oh, boy. We probably had, I want to say, close to 30 almost, maybe 25. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Something 30, in there. 40 kids. Yeah, yeah 40 so, kids. but yeah, we did, they were just so hungry, so receptive, you know. We just loved on them, gave them hugs, encouraging words, and they were just coming alive, you know, because they, many of those probably never even experienced something like that. They were probably so confused as to what we were doing, yeah. you know. Absolutely. But by the time we left, they knew that, you know, there was Jesus. There was Jesus there. And they got to experience that. That was super cool to see. So, yeah, yeah, we hung out for a long time. And, um, yeah. Awesome. Wow, that's such a good word. How do you, um, what encouragement would you have for the kids, for the youth, the young men and women? Youth? Yeah. Specifically for them? Yeah, Yeah. specifically for them. Yeah, just, I would say to them that, Whatever you felt during that time, whatever you experienced for yourself at that time, hold on to that. Remember that. Remember how real that was. Remember what you saw. Remember how you saw the Holy Spirit move in those hearts and minds. Hold on to that and use that as encouragement for the next time people come before you and think, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to share the love of Jesus with this person. Amen. Amen. Can you guys give it up for Bo? Thanks for sharing. So this, after this day, we were already like cloud nine, yeah? Then we are like, okay, it cannot get better. And it gets better. So the next day, we go, it's church day. It's a Sunday. So that was Saturday night. We go into Sunday. Now Sunday, there's, um, you can show the picture of that Paniolo couple again, if you find them. This is um, Auntie Jan and Uncle Hanale. It's for you guys who've gone before, you guys know them. This is one massive work of the Holy Spirit on the island of Molokai. And I'm going to let Jonah kind of give maybe one, sh- one quick story about their importance to, to what's going on. Yeah, Hanali is my classmate from uh, Kamehameha Kapa'alama. And uh, when, when I got into, into Christianity, I like to say 20 years, 20 plus years ago, um, he ended up on my Christian hit list. He was number 11 that I was going to pray this guy into the kingdom. And I had 150 people once I started to think of all the people I'd hate not to see in heaven with me. And he was one of my drinking buddies. And we live, I mean, we example the things of the world boy and uh so in in the process of my ministry on moloka he found out that he got saved and i know he had on strong mormon influence and catholic influence in his family and uh then and and his wife uh jan which i i married them back in 2014 uh, married is i mean they 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 said yes uh to their commitment in marriage in 20 in uh, november 15 uh november 15 2014 and, um, you know, she has an awesome testimony of having five children from all different men and the woman at the well and just the, a matter of amazing love that's always been available through her but never had the connectivity to the kingdom until she uh, married Hanale and the ministry that they have has just been. And so I guess if he said that I was, if I was discipling anybody on the island of Molokai, it would be these two. I just live life with them, you guys. We, revelation would come, and Hanale is, on, is a mighty man of the word. I mean, that man is a fireman. He studies the word. He knows that, 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 
those pages inside and out and I would just drop revelation on him and he would always verify everything by going through the word. But anyways, long story short, in the last year, Hanale has become the senior pastor of Kaunakakai Baptist Church. And uh, amen. And he's not qualified to be a oh, Baptist not, pastor. Not qualified at all. No seminary, um, no degree, anything. And it's amazing because they had this string of pastors that they brought in from the Southern Baptist Conference. And you know, Pastor, uh, if, if you don't have the degrees or gone to one of their colleges, the likelihood of you standing on a pulpit is highly unlikely, absolutely zero. And so, but Hanale is on the pulpit today preaching uh, the good news of the love of Jesus Christ every single weekend and unadulterated love. And so, um, the beautiful thing is, is they have this service and they have an older community as well as a younger community of believers in an established church right there uh, where my ministry began, right in Kaunakakai. And so it's really amazing to see them. And uh, I know one thing is Auntie Jeanne uh, in the beginning in Bible study talked to all of us about what was the thing? What is love versus what, guys? Mahaoi, right? So if it's not love, then it's mahaoi. Uh, it's if it's it's if it's not of God, it's is it's of the world. It's mahaoi. It's it's. We'll get into that on a whole another day, I think. But anyway, it's on sermon, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a sermon. Yeah. So it really blessed us and put an amazing cap on what we where we had already been um, been through. And if it's not love, then it's gotta be selfishness and all of these different things. And and so um, they blessed us. They even came to eat lunch with us, and we got to hear more of their. Mo'olelo of the amazing love that they've been adventuring in and how, how love has transformed them in a real way. Yeah. And, uh, and so our keiki, our, all of us were able to share worship that day at yeah. church. We had uh, Melinda and Shadrach come up and give testimonies that day in church and just bless the congregation there and, in, uh, in worship as, as well as word. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And it was, again, it was beautiful. Like the, the worship team, props to our youth worship team, because they, they put it together. There was no, usually the, our first year we had Brian and Alyssa who are just super talented and just their spirits are so good at leading the young people into, into worship. Um, and without them as leaders, the, the youth had to step up for themselves. And so Trinity and Ridge and Matthias and so many of you guys uh, just did an awesome job, just stepped up led people into a place of worship. Uh, the girls stepped up with no, no notice and danced Abba for them at church. Yep. So beautiful. Um, and the testimonies, Melinda again and Shadrach, even Shadrach. Shadrach, we don't know what he was saying at first, but he is the opposite of Boyd. We don't know where he was going, but he did land the plane eventually. But yeah, yeah. but no, it was one beautiful. That's what I love about this trip was there's, a, there's an element of this where the kids got to, the kids, you know what I mean? I don't, there's no, no, the adolescence of this, I don't know. So Kids to us. Always. Yeah, kids to us, yeah. yeah. But they got the chance to step up and even kind of test the waters and make mistakes. And, you know, and, and there's a safe place to do that, almost as a way of God just drawing them to like, this is what's next for you guys. And there was just this beautiful like stepping up and, a, and, and doing what God's asked you to do. Even though it doesn't look pretty on the outside, it was just like so, um, oh, what's the word? It rich, thank you. It was yeah, rich. It was yeah. just propelling into what God has next. So it's one stepping stone moment for them. Right. Yeah. 
and was good because as the kids testified shortly after, Uncle Hanale just kind of came up and he told me, he says, don't worry, the Holy Spirit is going to lead us into whatever the kids say, we're going to, we're, I'm going to make sure. And he just talked about kingdom, how whatever the words that you share is greater than what you're here, what, what you think you're understanding, because so that's good. the way the kingdom works. Amen. Yep. And he just dropped on he heavy kingdom word and it was just beautiful. So set, set so many, I saw all of us like, uh, in in a big sigh of relief, going, wow, we're not we're not going to be subjected to what we thought was good or bad, yeah. But what the Holy Spirit had intended for that moment, which was the purity of what Melinda and Shadrach yeah. shared, so good at that time. So it's just it. gorgeous. Was yeah. an amazing, it's a moment, beautiful day, which was a setup. Yes, was a setup and a launching for. A miraculous evening. That's right. Amen. So that evening was bonfire night. You might have remembered years before. Every bonfire night when we do these trips, we go Papuhaku Beach, beautiful West Side Beach, zero other humans, best place in the world. And you can, cannot see in that picture, but as we sit around the bonfire, the stars are unbelievable at that place. Like it, it feels like you're in that, um, like one of those... Uh, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. So it's, oh, it's just an unbelievable place. But um, this year was... Amazing, because we had this maturity in, the, in the, our trip, and with the people in our trip, and we asked them the importance of taking ownership, and like, if you want gifts from God, you ask Him for it, and it's scripture, it's biblical. You ask, He stands at the door, you knock, you seek, you ask, and God will give you the desires of your heart if it's for His kingdom. And so we asked them, for, and the kids asked, they asked for prophetic words, the gift of word of knowledge, the gift of word of prophecy, and words of encouragement. And that whole night, was an amazing night of kids just lighting each other up with those words, absolutely just stepping into revelation, speaking prophetically. She can't be here, but even um, Noi de la Vega, who came with us, has had, she said it so beautiful. She's like, I have had these prophetic gifts for a long time, but never had an opportunity, like an arena to really fully express them. Yeah. And what a beautiful opportunity. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so we, um, I mean, that night, you can just imagine kids, everything they needed to hear from God was happening in so many different ways. Uh, but we want to tell one story, highlight one story, and that's Katie's story. So can you welcome Katie as she hobbles up? <laughs> yeah, I was so proud of Katie. Um, one of the things that, that as Christians, we, we, a couple of things that I teach the kids all of the time is, as Christians, we suck at certain things. And we suck at asking and then when God gives us something, we suck at receiving. Like, we really do. I mean, we, it's, it's true. I mean, we would have everything, all abundance of life is in Christ Jesus, but we suck at receiving the goodness that's already been made available in the salvation package. Hence, you hear Christians saying all the time, Pastor, pray for peace. Bro, you got them in your salvation package. How can I pray for something you get 100%? But because you sucked at receiving it... Um, that you cannot have the fullness of, of, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It's already yours. But what examples by sitting here with us yes. um, in our midst is Katie. And Katie is an exceptional receiver. Amen. You talk to yeah. us, exceptional receiver. Yeah. Tell us about that night. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, if anyone's wondering, I got bit by a dog. So that's why I'm like this. Didn't happen on the trip. Okay. It happened the day right after. So. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to tell you guys about what happened on the bonfire night. 
So I've been in a re relationship for about two years. And in these past two years, to be honest, I just felt like I wasn't being treated as well as I should have been. And I also felt like I kind of rushed into that relationship just to kind of have someone there. So I was never really 100% committed. And I've always been kind of iffy about this person. And we would argue and fight almost every time we would hang out. But um, I just stayed in this relationship because I just didn't want to be alone. So, and also the fact that this relationship wasn't founded on God created a lot of doubt for me. And then the realization of the need to be in a, godly, in a godly relationship with God in the center is what I truly desire. So on the third day of this trip, we went to the beach to do a bonfire. And when it got dark and all the stars, or everyone started to gather around the fire and the stars were out, I decided to walk down, down on the beach by myself away from everyone else and I just sat on the sand and I started crying and I was just praying to God and just asking him like what I should do about this relationship and I was just asking him if he was the right person or not and then I asked him to give me a sign and I just kept asking him for a sign over and over again and I just sat there and weeping praying to God and then for a while I didn't really see anything so I just told myself maybe it'll come later I just have to be patient so I went back to the fire by everyone and once everyone once everyone was there and Pastor Mark started talking and I just remember him asking us if anyone is waiting or wanting to hear a word from God and I thought like, well, yeah, I just asked God for a sign. <laughs> so um, I raised my hand and Pastor Mark told me to stand up so I went to go stand up next to Pastor Mark and Pastor Jonah. And then Pastor Jonah asked everyone to ask God for a word for me and they were all just saying like prophetic words over me and then Pastor Jonah started speaking and praying over me and then I just remember out of the blue, Pastor Jonah says, don't settle for less. And like I just broke down and started crying because, wait, where am I? Oh yeah, so I was like, I think that's my sign. Because the day before I was talking to Mara and I was just telling her like, I just don't want to settle for less in this relationship. Like, I just does think I deserve more. Um, yeah, so when I heard that, I was like, wow, I think that might be my sign. Mm -hmm. And I just felt it deep in my heart that that was my sign, and I knew in my heart that I needed to make a decision. So that same night, with the help of these, some of these amazing people, um, I just kind of wrote out everything I wanted to tell him, and I called him, and I broke things off. And honestly, I just feel so free, and I know in my heart that that was the right decision. Amen. <laughs> God is so good. And you guys have to know this too. This is the, I see there's all kind of these, again, the layers to the onions. So uh, plenty of the kids, when they got back, had some serious warfare, spiritual warfare kind of stuff happening. Because when you become a threat to the king, for the kingdom, the enemy is going to find his way to trip up. She was walking to her ex-boyfriend's door to break things off when his dog bit her. You know what I mean? Like literally, it's like you talk about confronting what God has asked you to confront and getting bit while doing that. Like this kind of stuff isn't coincidental, yeah? And so, and we've had several testimonies of this. So we're just like so proud of Katie and the words that God Amen. spoke over you. And, and then even last night, um, we're, we hooed up last night as a team and we prayed and God put on my spirit. He's like, someone needs to be baptized. So I just asked, and it, for me, I'm not like, if it was Pastor Jonah, he said, someone needs to be baptized because that's what he heard from God. For me, it's like, does somebody really want to kind of be baptized? <laughs> and Katie just looked at me. She's like, Pastor Mark. <laughs> like, I just, God literally has been talking to I me about that. Like, 
I was like, I was just thinking about that the other day before, and I was like, like ever since we got back from the trip, from the trip till yesterday, I was just like thinking, like I want to get baptized. Like I think Amen. I should do it. I was like, I want to go talk to Mark about it, and then you said it. And I was like, wow. wow. <laughs> This is like, amen. So this is a, an invitation for us. There is transformation amen. happening, and Katie is kind of char- leading that charge, especially with our young, this next generation. So if you can be at the beach right after church today, come watch Katie be baptized. This was yesterday, you guys. She's like, I'm getting baptized tomorrow at church, and all the stars have aligned for it to happen. So come, come. It'll be quick. We're walking to Kalamas, uh, but it's quick, but it's absolutely rich. It's the richest fast, kind baptism you'll ever be at. So come Amen. and support Katie as she comes get baptized today. Yeah. Okay. Amen. I also wanted to say, also on this trip, even though it was not as long as yeah. we all would, le- would have liked it to be, I feel like I've made so many connections and so many new relationships and friendships with these people, and I just love you guys so much, and I don't know where I would be with- without you guys. Oh, amen. Amen. <laughs> amen. Give it up for Katie one more time. You ready? Which you guys come when she comes out of the water today. Watch what's going to happen. I'm gonna oh, just, no, I was walking on it earlier. Oh, it's, it's happened already. All right, good job, Katie. We're so proud of you. And um, again, back to what Pastor Jonah said: the power of receiving. Katie just being willing and available. If God likes speak to her, just stepping up and receiving that. So I'm gonna watch her. She goes down, but so she did awesome. So proud of you, Katie. Awesome, awesome. Oh, okay. That's the icebreaker right there. Her and Tanner were the icebreakers. Yeah, they, that's right. They stood out and yep, and came up and made it easier. They kind of the ihe Hawaiians we call that ihe, like the spearhead that kind of just broke open the right the Amen. atmosphere in in order for whoever wanted to receive to stand up and and receive a blessing. I don't know how much of you guys love the prophetic word. We all need <laughs> one word of encouragement yeah. every once in a while in our lives and. That's what this community is all about. And these guys have each other 24-7 yeah. to offer up those words of encouragement. And, yeah. and so that's what these trips are all about, to be Amen. able for them to have that connectivity. That's right. That gets faded away, yeah, in the things of life. Because today, rather, the old, the old church, the original church, they lived together like this, you guys. They were even called the cult of the way, you know. And, right. and today, we all separate after Sunday and get dirty leakings from... The cockroach. Yeah, that's exactly right. Throughout right. the yeah. weekend. And, yep. Um, yep. No, and that's the power. It's, it's you know, the, the analogy that came to my mind is, you know, when you see, like, Animal Planet, you see the wolves hunting, they separate that's right. a baby from the pack or whatever, and that's when we get devoured. And so the, the, the importance of unity in your spiritual walk, we've been just pressing that into them. Stay connected. Stay with us. And that bonfire night... This is the craziest miracle. It doesn't have to be a once a year kind thing, <laughs> you know, where we ask God for prophetic words for each other. That should be daily. You yeah. know what I mean? So, Amen. yeah. So we're, God is doing something new in this group too, but that's another story. All right. So that was basically, that was when, that was kind of it in terms of day three. We ended with this high note. Day four was one Sabbath rest kind day. And it, it was a beautiful day. We went actually back to Papuhaku. Everybody's scouring. I don't, I've never seen so many people looking for seashells in their life. But our entire team just stopped to hunt for treasures. And it was beautiful. It was the, it was the most like, beautiful time spent well together. But did you have any kind of word for that day? I caught two papillos. He caught two day. papillos, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was, it, was, yeah. Was, was, yeah, was, was, a, uh, was a continuation yep. and a furthering of the connectivity and just to see everybody kind of take on deep breath knowing that hey tomorrow 
or we're going back into yep. this called life. Right. Yeah. And so it's uh, yep. very important. Yeah, amen. And this is just to be noted, it's almost impossible to beat Pastor Jonah and I at Trump's. We just, we, if, so Trump's is our group game. If you play Trump's, we'll challenge you. But it's Amen. mostly him. I just, I respond to his, <laughs> his leadership. Yeah, we're going to be awesome. talking about the signals yeah. we need. Yeah, we get, yeah. Sure we <laughs> but for real, if anyone like challenge, yeah. we'll be here all day. So this is, we got a couple more testimonies that we want to share because they're really important. And, and Mara is the first one we like to invite up because Mara had some tons of breakthrough during this trip. So invite Mara Amen. up as she shares her. Here's. Here is, again, another good receiver. Yep. Amen. Another good receiver. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Welcome, Mara. So tell us yeah. what, like, how God spoke to you. Like, what was your kind of walk away from this trip? Um, okay. So the bonfire night, I'm going to, like, talk about it a little bit. But um, I was talking to Uncle Jonah because we are talking about, like, the supernatural and stuff. And it kind of put it on my heart how, like, some people experience it physically, other people experience it in their head. And I kind of realized that um, I've been getting attacked in my head a lot lately, especially um, before the trip. I was having these like headaches every other day. And like even on the trip, I was getting these like really bad headaches. And I was telling Auntie Shari about it. Um, but I was talking to Uncle Jonah because he's the same way. And he was telling me, he asked me if I received the gift of tongues, and I did the first year that we went to Molokai. So he was telling me that the gift of tongues is, gives us the authority and the ability to rebuke those thoughts and um, feelings that the enemy puts on us to just hold us back. And so after I talked to Uncle Jonah, we came back home and the whole week, this, this straight week, has just been attack after attack from the enemy. And I was just sitting there, like, thinking, like, why am I, like, why do I feel so bad right now? Like, I felt like um, I was just upset with myself, and I was kind of upset with God because I was like, we just went on this, like, great trip, and I don't feel anything. Like, I felt, like, angry and sad, like, all the time. And so I was just trying to use my gift of tongues to just speak it out. And it did bring a sense of calmness and peace over me. Um, so that was, I could see how God is just bringing clarity into my head and just like, he's giving me ways and teaching me ways um, to rebuke the enemy and uh, yeah. Um, but after this trip, like, he just taught me a lot about myself, I feel like, and opened a lot of doors for me to just experience his goodness. And, like, um, hold on, let me, there's a lot going on in my head right now. Oh, last night. Um, so last night we went to Mark's house and I was just having this awful day. I told Mark the other day, I saw him and I was like, I'm having such a terrible day. Like, what do I do? And he was just praying over me. And then last night happened and Uncle Jonah gave us this word that like the cockroaches are attacking you and that's a blessing because it means that you're on the right path. 
and that kind of changed my perspective. Like I was like, I'm having such a hard time, but it means that I'm on the right path. And so that was like kind of a big revelation for me last night that I just, just need to be patient in this season of like frustration and like getting upset and just trust God because I'm headed in the right direction. So yeah. You're awesome. And it is, it's like we've been wrestling with this like, Pastor Mark, how come I don't feel on fire after such a great experience? And we remember that Jesus, when he literally received the fire of the Holy Spirit in his baptism, went straight to the desert and had to, in the the peak of his like connectivity to the Father, still had to wrestle his biggest wrestle. And so sometimes exactly what we were talking about last night is you're doing something right. So keep it up, Mario. Keep your faith. And and the the testing of your faith in these kinds of moments is going to bear so much fruit in the future. So keep on going, persevering. Love you, girl. Amen. Yep. Love also, me. give it up for Mara. Awesome. And our last testimony is Ridge. And uh, if you guys don't know Ridge, he is Pastor Jonah's second son, second favorite son or first favorite? Well, he's here with me, so got to be my favorite. Got to. Okay. Give it up for Ridge as he comes this year. All right. Even though the other I'm... one is watching online. Well, Hi, Zion. he told me he was tired. But, I mean, look. We're wearing the same shirt. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Hi. Hi. That's a good pastor's kid move. Match dad when he's preaching. Absolutely. I just, I don't know if God was telling me that dark colored shorts was the move. Yeah. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that was, I had to stop there. I'm sorry. So funny. Yeah. (laughs) And the shoes and the shoes. Yeah. I have slippers in the car though for the beach. Good. Hey, glad you're coming. Quick question. How did God speak to you through this trip? Because you had your own very unique interactions with God and your own revelation. So I want to kind of hear what God was stirring in your heart. Okay. I'm going to try to explain this the best way possible because like Mara, there is a lot of stuff up in here. <laughs> I, um, I mean, look at my dad, right? I didn't even know you had headaches. You have headaches? Not anymore. Not anymore. Better not. Only, only when oh, that's fair. Yes. Yeah, so... A lot of the transformation that happened to me was before and after the trip. So beforehand, um, the previous two years, 2018 and 2019, it's always kind of just been going through the motions. As the well-known and self-proclaimed pastor's kid that I am, um, it's really, really hard because you kind of, you know, you see the church and you have a lot of questions. You're like, why in the world are we going on these trips, you know? We come to church every week, but everyone comes back with the same problem the next week. It's like, what is going on here, you know? So what makes, the, what makes a missions trip different? So when I was on the missions trip 2018, I remember one of the pastors pulling me and my brother aside, and he was like, I don't believe in missions trips. Because you pull away all of the different factors of life, right? You have home life, you have social life, you have your parents, you have your responsibilities, sports. I have martial arts, I know. I wasn't that into it by then, but I have my black belt already, so we're good. Yeah, but you pull all those things away and then you change the spirit, then you just throw them right back. It's like, what? They're going to go back into the same issues because no one taught them how to reintegrate their spirit life into the church life or back home, really, in general, everything. Um, so I've always been kind of just going through the motions. Um, this trip was weird because 
A, um, through the other two trips, I was going through, I like, my mom and I like to see things through seasons. So my seasons for the first two trips were all of turmoil, struggle, and growth. Where this season right now, I'm kind of in a season of transition. So for me, it's like answering prayers. The fight that I've gone through for the last four years has finally come to an end and I'm waiting for the next challenge, which is college. So when I heard, um, or at least when dad brought it up to me the first time that we're doing this missions trip, I was like, okay, so what you're telling me is that this missions trip, missions, <laughs> English, missions trip is designed to equip and inspire college students so that they're ready and to go when they go to college because college is a completely different animal and I was like, okay, you know what? Fine. I have in my head and I told you I am going to a get dirty I don't like getting dirty. So y'all being like, oh yeah, Ridge, all you did is get your leg dirty. That's a lot, okay? Okay, that's a lot. And I was shoveling out dirt and it smelled so bad. And I was like, oh no, what is going on? I was like, it smells like my brother. But <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Land the plane, yes. So. Um, another thing was, okay, and you're not going to pull yourself away as much as you did the last two years. So through that time, um, I had so many questions, and the moment where God kind of spoke to me was on the last night that I was there. I have work, so I couldn't stay there for the final night, but Sunday night, we were at the bonfire, and Mark said, how many of you guys want to receive the gift of prophecy? And it was so subtle because everyone's eyes were closed. And um, I just, God was like, open your eyes and look around. And I noticed out of the corner of my eye that my brother was the only person who did not raise his hand. And at that moment, I was like, oh, you're right. God already gave us this gift. Why am I asking for it again? You know? So instead, challenge yourself and step into it. You know, and that was kind of what this um, missions trip was. It wasn't, um, you know, God breaking things away. It was, hey, can I have your attention, please? Mm -hmm. You know, so that's kind of um, how God's been working through me and yeah. kind of this last week that I've been back is a little weird. You know, we've been moving houses. Um, there was some stuff at work. Uh, but it's a lot of, it's been giving me the opportunity to ask different questions. Yeah. Right. So um, that's kind of. That's awesome. Hopefully I landed the plane. Yeah, you, told, you landed it wonderfully. That was beautiful. That's so good. And I, I appreciate your rawness with it because there are, there are all those struggles, especially this is our third trip. And so our expect, and we noticed with a lot of the students that we're, some of our biggest fight is battling our own expectations, right? We all get our own perception of what God's going to do. When we put God in his box, he'll do this on this day. He's going to do this on this day. And watching him break those molds and watching these kinds of revelations being like, no need to ask the gift. I already got him. <laughs> you know what I mean? But wake up, you guys, and walk into it. I love that. That's an exhortation for the entire trip. That's what we wanted to do with these, these college kids was, you guys, wake up and walk into it. There's something new on the horizon. Amen? Yeah, go for it. 
the word that God kind of had for me yep. was context. Mm. And the thing that's so weird about it is because I'm a pastor's kid, or at least because I have such an awesome dad, brownie points, um, I have a different view of things. Mm. I don't have the context of um, some of the experiences that my peers have, you know? So what God was kind of telling me is, that doesn't matter. Mm. You know, you always, it's always felt a little weird for me that I'm like, uh, I can't really feel where you're coming from sometimes, you know, and it kind of alienates me. But God is saying to me, that's fine. What I'm here to teach you is that your job is to lead with love and compassion. Mm-hmm. There's no, in, I don't need you to understand. I need you to help people grow. Amen. You know, and create, use the context that I'm giving you, not what everyone else is giving you, what I'm giving you to bring a new side to a conversation. So. Love it. it. Let's give it up for Rich. That is a beautiful revelation. Dad, what are your thoughts? Um, I think for all of us is context. Yeah. You know, we talked a little bit about that last night. Thank goodness that we don't have to forgive anybody because everyone's sins have been forgiven by the one source. And, and, you know, Amen. right, we don't have to save anybody, nor do we have to heal. There's a healer and a savior. His name is Jesus. And, uh, you know, I don't know about our Christianity. We kind of, mm-hmm. I'm just going to beat this drum again. You know, I, we, <laughs> we, uh, we hear so many things that have just become part of our Christian mantra, like, like love the sinner, hate the sin, you know. And we talk about how much we hate that statement. And... Yeah. If you can recognize somebody's sin, that means you don't believe you saved and forgiven yourself. And that stops you from having the complete ability to love somebody without condition. And so how about this one, right? I think it's Oswald Chambers turned it around. It says, love the sinner, hate my sin. Amen. So, so here's our kids with this context of life. You guys have been given, you guys have been given the context of life. You guys got Jesus in his fullness. And all of us sitting in this room, we got Jesus in the fullness of who he is. And if he casts all sin into the sea of forgetfulness, so can we. Amen. And so why can't we just go out and love people exactly where they're at, despite the doctrine of what we've learned from the, I came from like seven different denominations, you guys. I like been polluted. Uh, you know, talking about the, now in the revelation of that lo'i, yep. you know, and all of that crud that was piled in there. A lot of us, that's our faith. A lot of our faith has been all of these things that have been thrown into this yep. place that should be producing good food and good fruit, but it's just been piled with manure and deer bones and rusty old pipes and things that need to get cleared out all of that baggage and so here's the next generation i'm not worried about in fact i i'm I'm, i tell these guys and i tell them every single time that i'm excited when uncle as the hawaiians talk talk about it when when you have these squinting rat eyes you get this iole the the eyes of the old iole and i and and i have this uh leather like skin because i'm gonna be so old watching you guys and watching your kids uh, shine the light into this world, and that's the blessing that yep. we have. Yep. Uh, you as Kahu, as I as Kahu, and Pastor Rick as Kahu, that, that the seed that, that, 
is planted in these and, and the next generation already talking about context. And so the context that we all have, his name is Jesus. Amen. His so name is Jesus. That's what brings every context together. Amen. Is that's that the only just, context. Yep, that's right. Amen. And so we're going to seal it there. Here's what i like you guys to do is maybe we could stand and, and pray together. And I want to say, say a special prayer over this generation because we, we're watching the, what this trip was. If you could summarize it, was one massive stepping stone for high schoolers who are stepping into the next stage of life. And we're praying exactly what Ridge was talking about is that the spiritual reality of heaven that we get glimpses of on trips like this would be so deeply embedded in them that to wherever they go, that everything that you guys do would revolve around the kingdom going forth, Jesus alive in your spirit. Amen. Amen. So let's pray that together for them. If we just stand with me, let's all stand together and let's pray that together. And you can lift a hand. We're going to pray over them. And Jesus, we just thank you for this trip. We thank you for the massive amount of of revelations, realizations, and um, that you've deposited into our spirits, God, about how you're moving and what you want us to do. We thank you, Lord, for the boldness of each man, young man and woman here to step out to, to proclaim the gospel, to share a light, to walk faithfully into the things that you've called them to do. And Lord, we don't take it lightly that everyone who was there and the ones who couldn't come too, who are still part of this family, are all in this path to growing into new relationships, new depths. We thank you, Lord, for the spiritual warfare and it's a reminder that we have authority over the things of this world, that through the power of Christ, we get to walk into deeper faith. We thank you for that, Jesus. And so, God, for this next season of transition, as some go to college and as some stay in high school and as some go online school and some go back in person, Jesus, may everything we do be about your kingdom. May every conversation be so filled with life and joy that those around us would not miss it, that they would see right through it and see that there's a source of all things going on, and his name is Jesus. And so, Jesus, we just ask this in your name, Lord, that we'll, may we send these uh, amazing young men and women out. Father, as a church, may they know forever the reality of heaven that lives within, within them. Jesus, we pray that there just this would be a, a, one of those pillars, one of those signposts where they can look back and remember that's the time Jesus really got me off my seat and said this is when he called me into something new. God, I pray that this trip would be a forever benchmark to that experience. So God, that you're building the mo'olelo in each one of them so richly. And we pray, God, as their stories continue, that you would continue to write chapters of love and joy and peace and patience within each one of them. We love you, Jesus, and we pray all these things in your name. And all God's people said, amen. 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 amen.